Good evening. It's good to be here. A couple of names that I've been trying to pronounce, pronunciate right. There's a, a chap we're going to be looking at called Heyman, not Hammond, as the uh, ex-Liverpool player. <laughs> Heyman. Um, so we're going, to be look, we're going to be looking at Esther chapter 5 and the first eight verses. Um, before we get there, I'm going to give you a bit of an overview of or a background of where we are because these eight verses on their own don't really make sense and particularly the younger ones in here this evening. Um, it probably wouldn't really make much sense to you guys. So we're looking at uh, this uh, lady called Esther. And as we look at this book of Esther... We discover about this, this mighty king, King Xerxes, who could control everything. He could control his, uh, his area, but he couldn't control himself. His advisors easily influenced him. He made silly decisions, which he would later regret. And when he didn't get his own way, he became angry. He was the master of a mighty empire, but he couldn't control his own temper. Now King Xerxes one evening asked for his wife to come and meet him so that he could show her off to all his mates. Now the king should never have asked his wife, obviously, to display her like this. And the only reason why he said that was because he was drunk. So he's not a very nice man. Funnily enough, his wife refused to uh, come and meet him. So the king got mad. And he sent out a message to every household. Now, he was drunk, so it wasn't a, a good time to be making decisions like this. Um, it says in, in chapter 1, verse 22, it says, The king sent letters to all parts of the kingdom, to each province in its own script, and to each people in their own language, proclaiming that every man should be ruler over his own household and that he should say whatever he pleases. Now you could say that was a bit of a, a childish thing to do. It was a bit stupid of him as well. So after he'd done that, he'd booted his wife out of the province. Uh, so next he gathered a load of women together because he wanted to choose a new queen um, because of what Vashti her name was, because Vashti had ignored him. He wanted to find a new queen. And that's where Esther comes in. Now the king was so delighted with this lady called Esther, he placed the royal crown on her head and declared her queen, taking Vashti's place. Then along comes this man called Haman. Chapter 3, verse 1, it says, After these events, King Xerxes honoured Haman, elevating him and giving him a seat of honour, higher than that of all the nobles. All the royal officials at the king's gate knelt down and paid honour to Haman, for the king had commanded this. So you can see that Haman was quite a, an important man to, 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 to the king. Uh, Xerxes had made him his number two. Then we read about a chap called Mordecai. In, chapter, in, on, on, in, in verse 2 of chapter 3, it says, Mordecai would not bow down to Haman. So this angered Haman. 
So Haman wanted to destroy not only him, but he wanted to destroy all Haman's people, which are the Jews. So then another message was sent out, which was similar to the, the last message. It says in chapter 3, verse 13, And the letters were sent by couriers into all the king's provinces to destroy and kill and annihilate all the Jews. This is all because Mordecai didn't bow down. So you might say, where's God in all of this? Why is God allowing this to happen? See, it's all part of God's plan. He isn't the author of these people since these two men. You know, people say that to us all the time in town. Why does God allow these things to happen? Well, we can't blame God, can we? It's because of man. See, from the outside, it doesn't look good. It doesn't look good for the Jews. It doesn't look good for Haman, or for, for Esther, sorry, or Mordecai. And it doesn't look God, like God's in control. But he is, and he always will be. He, did, he directs people into situations which eventually accomplish his purpose. See, the plan for Esther to become queen would have been for her to save the Jews from being destroyed. So this second message that we've, that's been sent out was a bit more serious than the first message. And on a little side note, it made me think, do we have a message to send out to people? Just like the Jews were under threat of an eternal death, the people in the world today that are under the sentence of eternal death because they don't know Jesus, do they? So we also have a message, don't we, to send out to people, a message that the Father sent the Son, sent his Son to be saviour of the world. Now back to Mordecai. The Jews were going to be killed because of Mordecai. Now Mordecai is the man who brought up Esther because her parents had died. And Mordecai, as I've already said, refused to bow to the king's officials, which angered them so much they wanted to wipe out his, the whole race. So that means Esther would also be killed because she was a Jew. So she knew that she was the one who could possibly save the Jews because obviously she's the queen, so she would need to go and speak to the king. Now, God had quite clearly given her this position. But it wasn't going to be easy. It's not always easy, is it, sometimes, to, uh, to stand up for our, for our faith, to stand up for ourselves. How many times are we given an opportunity to talk about God and to stand up for our beliefs? And how many times do we fail? It's not easy, is it? But it's not easy, in particular, in this situation for Esther, to go and speak to the king. And this is why it wasn't going to be easy. It says in chapter 4, verse 11, Esther says, All the king's officials and the people of the royal provinces know that for any man or woman who approached the king in the inner court without being summoned, the king has one law, that they be put to death, unless the king extends the gold scepter to them and spares their life. But 30 days have passed since I was last called to the king. So in other words, she wasn't supposed to go see the king because the king didn't ask for her to come. And it had been 30 days since she'd last seen him. So she, her life was in danger. 
But she knew that she knew she had to speak up for her people or they would be annihilated. Now, God promised he would save the Jews. But will Esther be the one who stands up for them? Esther would have known that God had made a covenant with the Jews to deal with their enemies. It says this in Genesis chapter 12. It says uh, that I will bless those who bless you and I will curse him who curses you. So we see there that, 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 that God has promised to, to protect them. So can we imagine the morning that Esther wakes up knowing that she's going to have to go and stand before the king? You know, it could be her last morning that she wakes up because she's not been invited to go and see the king. He could quite easily kill her. And I wonder if we ever wake up, we can probably uh, relate with her, can't we? We've all had difficult, situ difficult days where we've woke up in the morning feeling nervous about something. We've woke up with butterflies in our stomach. Maybe we've had to do, ask, we've been asked to do something at school or at college. Maybe we have to stand up in front of people and talk. Um, I know I get butterflies when I'm asked to do that. <laughs> or maybe we're nervous about going to the dentist or something like that. We've all, we can all relate to that, but this is a much more serious situation, obviously. So Esther, Esther knows she can't remain silent because she's a Jew. And even though she's the queen, her and her family could be killed because of this message that was sent out by the king to kill the Jews. But Esther says... In chapter 4, verse 16, if I die, I die. See, she knows where her faith is. She knows where she is going. Do we trust God like Esther? She was about to go and see the king who could possibly kill her. Do we trust that God will save us from eternal punishment like Esther trusted God to save her from the king? Do we trust that through Christ we have eternal life? It's my prayer this evening that everybody in this room knows that. That everyone knows and trusts that God can save them. He is able to save all of us. All we have to do is to accept this gift. This gift of eternal life. We don't know what will happen tomorrow. We know God knows and he's in control. Now, Esther may not be thinking so much about what the king might do, but more what God will do through her. And it's amazing to think that God can use us, that God can use you, can use your life to help others. And he wants to use you. Look at the late queen, Elizabeth. She did wonderful things and she proclaimed Christ live on the TV. And she's now with him. She was a good and faithful servant. Now, when we come to chapter 5, let's read chapter 5, Esther chapter 5, verses 1 to 8. On the third day, Esther put on her royal robes and stood in the inner court of the palace, in front of the king's hall. The king was sitting on his royal throne in the hall, facing the entrance. When he saw Queen Esther stand in the court, he was pleased with her and helped and held out her 
to her the gold scepter that was in his hand. So Esther approached and touched the tip of the scepter. Then the king asked, What is it, Queen Esther? What is your request? Even up to, even up to half the kingdom it will be given you. If it pleases the king, replied Esther, let the king, together with Haman, come today to a banquet I have, I have prepared for him. Bring Haman at once, the king said, so that we may do what Esther asks. So the king and Haman went to the banquet Esther had prepared. As they were drinking wine, the king again asked Esther, Now, what is your petition? It will be given you, and what is your request? Even up to half the kingdom, it will be granted. Esther replied, My petition and my request is this. If the king regards me with favour, and if it pleases the king to grant my petition and fulfil my request, let the king and Haman come tomorrow to the banquet. I will prepare for them. Then I will answer the king's question. So in verse 1 we see that the king banished one wife. Looking at verse 1 we can see the king banished one wife forever out of his presence for not coming when he sent for her. As I said, Vashti was sent but she didn't come. So he, he, the king booted her out. Now he has another wife who was coming when she wasn't even sent for. Not surprisingly, she asked people to pray for her for when she would because she would have been scared for her life, quite literally. See, Esther wasn't operating on the basis of blind faith. She trusts God will help her. This verse came to my mind, Matthew 10, 39. He that will lose his life for God shall save it, or find it in a better life. See, when we go out to share Jesus with people, we trust that God will give us the words to say. And it's up to Esther to save the Jews, to speak up for them and to not hide away. She was about to go and see the king uninvited. Esther can't remain silent, as I've already said, she's a Jew. And even though she's the queen, her and her family lives were still in danger. So we read that she does go in to speak to the king because she trusts God. Not because she trusts the king, but she trusts God. She has no idea what Xerxes will do to her, but she does know that God will protect her. Now, when the king first saw Esther, he was probably pleased to see her. As we know, he likes looking at women. He's, he called a group of women in the first chapter together so that he could choose a good-looking woman. And Esther would have known that, so she dressed up for the occasion. Um, she put on her royal robes, as we've just read in verse 1. She put on her royal robes. She dressed up and she, she was looking good. So Esther bravely comes before the king. The last queen was booted out because she didn't want to show herself off in front of the king and his mates. Now Esther is trying to find favour with the king by her outward looks. When we come before God, we don't need to dress up. He looks at the heart, not what is on the outside. We need a clean heart, and it's through Jesus where we can have our hearts cleaned. Because of what Jesus has done for us, we can go to God and ask for anything. No good works, no royal robes, and no certain place, no ritual. We just need to come to God. 
We see Esther found favour in the king's sight because of how she looked. We find favour in God's sight because of what Jesus has done. Because of Jesus, he makes us right with God. We don't need to, we don't need to fast for three days before talking to him. We can talk to him anytime, anywhere. We read in verse 2 that the king held out the gold scepter. In doing this, the king protected her from his law and assured her of her safety by holding out the golden scepter, which she thankfully touched the top of. You can almost imagine a breath of fresh air like a phew, <laughs> I'm safe. She had power with God and she prevailed. We can admire the courage of Esther as she stands up for her beliefs. It's clear God helped her to save their people from annihilation. Consider her courage as she risked her life for others. So we read also in, I think it's in chapter four, that she asked people to fast for her and it clearly worked. And we can see that God is, in, is at work in this situation. It says in Proverbs 21 verse one, the heart of the king is at God's hand. He turns it the way he wants. How true is that in this, in this situation? And we also have a king, don't we now? Who needs prayer? So we can see God is working here in this, in this chapter. God isn't mentioned at all in the book of Esther, but as I've already said, you can see he's at work. Do we see situations in our lives where God was at work when we look back? Now, how do we approach God? See, we've all done things wrong, we've all sinned, and we're all, we're all short of God's glory. And it's only by grace that we can approach him. It says in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, it is by grace we have been saved through faith. It's not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. By grace we are saved. Because of God's grace we can come to him. When we pray, we say in Jesus' name, we don't say that because that's the end of the prayer. We say that because Jesus has gone before us. He is the only way. When we pray, do we sometimes not bother God with the little problems? What's big to God? He can move the mountains. We should always pray. We should always come to God with any problems we have. Little problems build, they stick on our mind. And they build up to bigger problems. So no matter how small our problems are, we should go to God. And we can thank God that he turns the hearts of men. He turns the hearts of great men. As we've read in this chapter here, he found favour with Esther. And he, changed, he turned, changed the heart of the king. In verse 3, it says, Esther feared that she should perish, but was promised that she should have what she might ask for even if it were half the kingdom. And note this, that God in his providence often prevents the fears and outnumbers the hopes of his people, especially when we go out in his cause. 
Hear what the king says. What is your request? And what, and what is your request? I will give it to you. Hear and answer the prayers. God answers, hears and answers the prayers of those that cry day and night to him. There's a story in, in Luke chapter 8. And it says that we can learn, we can learn from this story. And it's an encouragement to, to, to pray always to our God and not to fall faint. It says, um, And will not God bring, out, bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? He won't, will he? We have to keep asking and he will answer our prayers. They, the people had fasted for three days and it worked. The king offers Esther up to half the kingdom, which shows his generosity, and it shows that he wanted to keep her happy. God offers us to inherit the earth, and we read that Jesus has gone to prepare us a place in the Father's house. How amazing is that? Esther's offered half the kingdom. We're offered a place in the Father's house. See, Esther comes to the king when she's desperate. I wonder if we only go to God when we're desperate. Do we forget to go to God with these little, little prayers? But we can't blame Esther for only going to the king when she's desperate because people only go there when they're asked to. In this situation, she wasn't asked. It shows that Esther was willing to die for her people, like Jesus died for everyone. She came before the king wisely. It wasn't a spare-of-the-moment thing. She fasted and she prayed. In verse 4 it says, she then says, let's have dinner. So this is what she, she suggests to the king. And she doesn't just say just the two of them. She also invites Haman to the banquet. Haman, who is her enemy. He's the reason that her life's in danger. But he's still, she still invites him to the banquet. Now, Haman, he's probably loving life. He thinks he's you know, top dog. He's been invited to an, uh, a banquet with the king and the queen. So he probably thinks he's really special. And it says again later in verse 7 and 8 that, the, that uh, then she invited them to another banquet. She said, let's have dinner again. I wonder if she knows that the key to a man's heart is food. She's showing the fruits of the Spirit. She's showing love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, she's faithfulness, her gentleness, and also her self-control. She doesn't go in there all guns blazing, saying this man's trying to kill us. She goes in there calmly and patiently. She's mature in her faith. She's taking risks, but they are wise risks. She knows God's power. And she knows God's protection. Now let's look at the, the, the identif the, what identifies Haman. Haman wants power. Haman wants fame. And he wants to be hanging around with the big guys. I wonder if that's like us. Do we want to be hanging around with the cool guys at school or at college? Or with the, the people with money? Do we want fame and power? and bigger houses and bigger cars. 
Is that where I is that where our identity is? Will people remember us as a person who always wanted bigger things and better things? We all do, don't we? We all we all struggle with that. I've always all my life I've I've always wanted a garage so I could fix cars. Um, and now I've got a garage. I sometimes think, I wish I had a bigger garage. And it's just ridiculous. It really is. Don't worry, it's not, it doesn't identify me. It's not, you know, it's not what you'll remember me by. But our identities come from God, don't they? Because we're created in his image. Every one of us in this room is created in God's image. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. He knows all about us. He knows all about Dad. He knows when he created Dad that he was going to wish he could sing. <laughs> he knows when he created Richard that he was always going to want to support a football team who wins decent trophies. See, we're all unique and we're all special and he wants a relationship with every one of us. He's offering you much more than money, power or the latest phone or more top TikTok followers. The only thing which will truly satisfy you is a relationship with God. Not like Haman who wanted power and fame. It doesn't end good for him, by the way. I've read the next chapter. <laughs> so when we die, we won't be asking, where's my nice car? Or where's my phone? We'll be asking, where's my saviour? We're going to be in a much better place. When we look at Esther, Esther came to a proud, arrogant, domineering man. We come to the God of love and grace. Lord, I come before your throne of grace. We find rest in your presence and fullness of joy. How long will he be the God of love and grace? Are we ready to accept this love and grace before it's too late? Who will we meet when we stand before him? Will we be meeting our Heavenly Father or will we be meeting God the Judge? Esther wasn't called to go and see the king, but we are called to see God. We read in Revelation 22:17, the spirit says, come, and the bride says, come. God wants us to come to him. Esther wasn't close to the king, but we can be close to God. It's his wonderful promises. I will never leave you nor forsake you. We can speak to the creator wherever and whenever, whereas Esther had law against her that said she could only come to him when she, when she was called. We have a promise. We have many promises in favour of us. Ask and it shall be given you. Esther had no friend to introduce her or to intercede for her. On the opposite, he that was then the king's favourite was her enemy. But we have an advocate with the father in whom... He is well pleased. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. I'm going to end with this. Let us then approach God's throne of grace 
with confidence so that we, we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Let's be faithful followers like Esther and stand up for our faith. Thank you.